Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is your host, Mr. Brandon Wade, but you can call me B2. You can call me B-Square Man. You can call me literally whatever you want. The only thing I'm asking is that you follow the rule. Now, I'm sure you may not know exactly what the rule is. You might have come in three seasons late. You might have come in because we know we've been doing this for about two seasons now. And so we're in the third season. We're in the third iteration of Pay It Forward. And so I get it. You may not know the rule. You might be new. You might have just popped up. Well, just in case you don't, I'm going to go on and hit you with that. You can call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. Welcome back to your favorite show, Pay It Forward, man. I am hype to be back, man. Um, things have changed a little bit. Uh, we are streaming live on Edom Rocks Radio. So if you want to catch uh, Pay It Forward, uh, it's going to be live streaming um, from 12 to 1 on Mondays and Wednesdays and um, 5 to 6 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So Pay It Forward is going to have a lot wider lineup and um, it's you can always check out Edom Rocks. It is on my uh, it is on my uh, profile. I am creating a link tree. So by the time you get there, you guys will be able to see my link tree profile. It'll have all the links to pay it forward. Also, if you're not really into the whole trying to catch it on the radio thing, it will be on Apple Music, Spotify, all your favorite streaming sites. It's going to be there. Um, it's going to be episodic and it is going to be um is going to be newly placed. So there's going to be new episodes now. There's going to be a, a brand new flow. Uh, it's going to be different because the way I was doing it before, I was more or less tailoring it a little bit more for radio. But now I'm pretty much entirely switched over to podcast format. So it's just kind of a little bit of an overview just in case you know you guys haven't been around and you haven't seen anything. Uh, for those that don't know and have never seen Pay It Forward, my name is Brandon Wade. As I say, Mr. Brandon Wade, that was just kind of my catchphrase. You know, you call me whatever you want to call me as long as it's nice. That's my catchphrase. It's been that for a while. And um, it's just a way of, you know, connecting with people. Um, Pay It Forward started out as just really a kind of almost like a gimmick idea. I was like, what could I talk about for an hour that like, if I didn't have any guest or anything like that, like what could I talk about for an hour? Initially pay it forward was pretty much primarily about positivity. I just wanted to talk about positive things for an hour. So it started out on uh, my school radio station, Lancer radio network. And we, I would just go, you know, an hour and I would either interview people that were doing positive things, or we would just talk about nothing but positivity. And then my dad passed away uh, midway through the season, and I just found it a lot more difficult to try to keep up that kind of positive energy and positive flow, and I was just not feeling positive. That wasn't me. And I realized that um, Pay It Forward uh, was really more going to be, at least going to have to be more of a show about authenticity as opposed to positivity. So that ended up changing my first iteration of Pay It Forward more or less from positivity to more like authenticity. And so after the first season had completed, uh, when I did the second season, I came back to uh, my school to do our second season 
Um, I was more or less focused on, uh, authenticity, discovering my authentic self. What had happened was I, <laughs> y'all know how it starts in the movies where they go, and you go, oh, okay, you know, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Like that's, that's pretty much what happened with me. Like I'm figuring out, okay, how'd I get here? Um, what happened was I, I, I found myself, um, trying to rediscover authenticity, like trying to rediscover and realizing, holy crap, I don't really know anything about myself. Like, Everything that I feel that I've done so far has usually been around pleasing or making somebody else happy. I have no clue who I really am. And so this radio show was like a mirror of me trying to reflect to myself. All right, who really is in here? So all of my topics were like whatever I was dealing with at the moment. I found a lot of uh, resources about self-healing and like uh, being connected, dealing with grief, um, actually progressing through grief. There are a whole lot of resources that I'm probably going to mention over the time span of doing this show because now I'm free. I'm hands-free. I'm unlimited. There's no limit to how many shows I can do, how much I can do now. I had, when you deal with station politics, sometimes you have to deal with, you know, the amount of time you have in the studio, the amount of hours you want to be able to spend or you're able to spend. You know, you have to share studio space with other people. I don't have to share my studio space now. I have unlimited access to being able to record so I can record whenever it it hits me to record. So I don't know really the schedule, but I'm going to go on and say that maybe it'll be maybe every week, maybe every two weeks or so for right now until I really get into it and really just kind of start getting my format because I am kind of in a new setup and I, I'm really happy with uh, how things are. And as they progress, I would don't be surprised if you start seeing pay it forward, becoming more of a professional type thing. Um, you start seeing more like video production off of pay it forward and stuff like that. There's some things that I have going on in the work. So um, just just keep your eyes open because there's, there's some stuff that's been to pop off. But anyways, every guest that I started to get and one of the things that started to really get me was I, 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 I got connected with some guests. And what would happen was I, 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 I met it really changed the direction of my show again. When uh, I got connected with um, one of my last guests on the second season of Pay It Forward, Brian Reeves of Brian Reeves Insight. If you haven't seen that, that's one of the uh, videos that I have, or not videos, but but audio files that I have up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So check that out. It talks about the power of being in heart. Brian Reeves was somebody I really wanted to talk to because he deals with relationship stuff. He has a beautiful relationship. I mean, his relationship really bears a lot of fruit there. He's, he's, um, dating a beautiful woman and they, they, they do self healing. They have self, they have like relationship courses and they're real, you know, they, 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 they're open about, you know, their experiences and their problems, but I really like the grace and the style in which they handle their relationships and it's real and it's grounded. And when I finally got to talk to Brian, I was really impressed by how real and how grounded he was. And I was just like, man, you, I see you as a relationship mentor. I see you with that. You have something that I value and you have something that I want and I want to learn what, what it is you have. So, um, I really realized that when I had this conversation with him, out of all of the conversations I'd had with other people, I was really excited to have that conversation with him because I was like, man, I want, I definitely want to talk to you because I've learned that in my life, the people that you're connected to are the people that you end up getting imparted onto. I have a, a friend of mine who always says association brings impartation. And so 
it's like whomever it is that you're most connected with. You know, you have them quotes that are like, man, you know, you got to be careful about who your friends are. And, and I mean, I think that that's part true. But there is a, be- a degree of influence and things that you gain, positive and negative, from being around friends that influence you in that way. So kind of like my influence, especially in dealing with somebody like that, I was like, well, if you want something, you got to get around what you want. So I'm like, I want to get around who and what I want. So if you're going to be wealthy, you probably shouldn't worry about making a million dollars as you should be worried about hanging around people who generate millions of dollars. Because whatever is in their heart and their spirit and their energy is going to start imparting on you the more you hang around them and you're going to find out things are going to get easier. I recently have had a lot of uh, transitions and changes in my personal circle of friends and things like that. And it has influenced me in a lot of ways, very positively. I've been surrounded by some, some very grounded people, some people that really, um, are, are spiritual that, that, that love what they do that, um, are, and, and even if they're not spiritual in all of the same ways, it doesn't matter because everybody is connected and they love what they do. And I've had people really help me get in touch with myself. They've willing been willing to sit with me and, you know, talk with me and things like that. And, and they've been really helping me. And so, um, I've had a lot of time to think about pay it forward and like, all right, what do I want to do with it? And I almost was like, look, I don't know if I really even want to continue really doing pay it forward. Cause I'm like, is it too much of a gimmick or whatever? But I'd had some good advice from some people that had, had, had shared with me some friends that said, Hey, you probably want to keep doing pay it forward because there's really something special in that. And I, I had to think about it. And, um, I, I'm going to touch on in some of my paid forwards, uh, the topics of faith. And it's not because I have any particular judgment towards anybody's faith, but I have a particular set of beliefs and, um, I want to touch on that. And I think that some of the principles in my shared beliefs go for anybody, regardless of whatever belief system that you have, because everybody has a belief system and that's okay. Whatever belief system you have, it's understandable. Everybody has one. I'm just speaking from my own personal belief system. Um, but there is a value in, um, being connected in that type of way and having, um, having, uh, friends that remind you and that can help remind you of the value in your belief system. And so, um, one of the things that, um, God revealed to me in my belief system, he had got it revealed to me, he said to me that, um, pay it forward is my ministry. Um, if you look in the Bible and I'm speaking specifically about the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, um, he specifically said that, that there's a sacrifice that Jesus did that nobody else could do. Like there's no possible way that I could ever pay back Jesus for what he did. There's no, Hey bro, I got you on the slide. There's not going to be any of that. So what it was revealed to me was don't pay it back, pay it forward. And he said that's, that was the whole point of the ministry was paying it forward is one person tells somebody else about something else and they tell somebody about something else and they just keep paying it forward. I mean, have you ever been in a line with somebody and before you, 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 you're not sure how much money you got and whether you're going to be able to pay for your food and you get up front and somebody says, oh, they already paid for your food. The people, five or six people ahead of you already paid for your food. And they said, just pay it forward. Like I've experienced that a few times. I've been sitting down sometimes and it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have the money to pay for my food or nothing like that, but I was sitting down and I was eating and I was finishing my food. And I said, Oh, I was, I'm ready to pay. And the woman was like, no, um, some the, 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 the lady that just left, she paid for your food. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know people could do that. 
Like I was, I was like blown away. And she didn't tell me, you know, God loves me or nothing like that. She just said, no, she paid for it and she was just gone. And those type of things really inspired me. And I started to think, all right, well, what do I have to say that anybody else doesn't already have to say? There's plenty of people that's talking about God, Jesus. There's plenty of people talking about God, the universe. There's plenty of people talking about God in every form of spirituality and faith. There's plenty of people talking about their experiences. And it was kind of like, well, yeah, that's true. But are they you? And that's always been a thing with me, like literally one of my most recent conversations with God. And some of them have only been like a minute long because that's about as as comfortable as I've been, you know, sitting, feeling like I'm sitting in the presence of God and being like real. And I remember saying, like, I know that I've done one, two, three, four and five and I have failed. And he was just like, is that what you believe or do you believe that because it's true or do you believe that because it's safe? And I was like, well, now that's facts. Like sometimes we just believe stuff because it's, it's, it's safe for us to believe and because that's what's comfortable to believe. So pay it forward was something that I was like, boy, I don't know if I really want to still do that though, because you know, a lot of people don't really know much about my perspective and about my faith. And if I start doing that, I don't know how that's going to come off. Like that might come off kind of weird. And then who's going to really want to listen to me? You know, I, I don't just, and, and I just was like, well, I don't know. And it was just like, well, how do you know that people aren't listening to you? So lately, um, I've been doing this series on Instagram and it's just been like a real series. And I mean, it started maybe about a month ago where I would just lie on the grass in front of my, um, my house and I would just lie down there and I would just start talking like whatever came to my mind. I would just start talking. And if you looked at like the previous video series I would do, you can also check out my Instagram on pay it forward radio. And that's where I do a lot of my posting. Um, I haven't posted in a couple of uh, days prior to this thing because I've been on a hiatus because all the crazy stuff that's been going on. I was like, yeah, look, I cannot do this. This is messing with my subconscious. I cannot do it. So I just got off of it and I don't know really when I'll be back on, but, um, the last couple videos I'd done were, well, the last videos I'd done before I started doing this kind of like this real series was like this potent sort of like this kind of, I would, I would kind of have a polish to what I was doing. Even if it was like, you know, I had like black screen videos. I had like videos where I was like encouraging people and I can remember doing them videos like eight or nine times. Cause I just wanted to make sure I said it the right way that I said what I knew that people the way that I knew people was going to receive it. And, you know, I was always just kind of trying to figure out, well, okay, what's the best way I can say this? What's the best way that I can say it that people will understand and receive it? And what I was really saying was, what's the best way I can say it that I won't feel rejected, that people won't come to me and be like, man, bro, what you did was stupid and I feel rejected. And I realized that it was putting a lot of strain on me, a lot of stress on me because I'm like trying to figure it out and everything like that. And then I had this conversation with one of my friends and he said, and, and we got to talking and I said, you know, it probably would be the things that we're most ashamed of, that it probably be the things that God wants to use the most in us. And those would be the things to connect with. And I said, yeah, you know what? I think, yeah. And, and, and so I got into some environments where I just, started being real and present with myself and I started connecting more like some people that hit me up in the comments and was like yo I really feel where you're coming from and I was just like people actually care about what I have to say and I had an entire conversation with um one of my teachers um on who is running this radio station that I'm going to be streaming on and um we were talking and he said it's it's about your perspective you know you got to it's good that you share in your personal perspective because 
you don't know who's going to connect with you. Like you don't know that, like there's people everywhere that are, that might connect with you and you thinking that you don't. And sometimes they, they, they really do. And I was like, that's real. That's real facts. Like I have to really consider this. So pay it forward has been going through a lot of iterations. And I really was like, you know what? I'm going to keep pay it forward because pay it forward is been what's happened in my life. And it's what I've always wanted to do most. If I was ever going to do anything, um, if I was going to minister to anybody, if I was going to do anything, I just wanted to be real and pay it forward. So whatever it is I learned, that's what pay it forward is now. It's my authentic conversations. It's whatever it is that I've learned and I am choosing to pay it forward to you. So this first pay it forward series is kind of like an introduction, kind of like a recap. And then we'll just see where we go from there. So that's kind of where I've been over these years, man, it feels really good to be able to record and be on the air again and be able to do so with quality because that was one of the main reasons I didn't really like the fact that COVID-19 happened and I had to, you know, give up the, the, the professional studio space that I had because they didn't, they weren't opening it. So I was just like, well, I don't really feel like I have quality, but it ended up working out, God made a way and it ended up working out. And so now I'm able to record with much better quality and be able to do so on a much more consistent basis. So, and as things continue, I'm going to even be able to, you know, get some guests, some call-ins and stuff like that. And we'll be able to sit around and talk and stuff. And then when, <laughs> as we said, the world opens back up and, you know, the threat of COVID-19 kind of backs off a little bit, we'll be able to um, really get into some more professional places and do some new stuff. But I'm hoping that uh, the quality comes out good. Um, I've done a lot of research and things on what would create good quality. And I realized even by doing this kind of show, I was like, man, you know <gasps> Excuse me. I was like, you know what? I really like doing this. I really like doing this. Like, I like getting in front of the mic and just, just, just rapping, you know? And it's funny because I actually do rap. And you'll see that on my uh, Pay It Forward Instagram. Like, I actually do rap. But a lot of times I call what I'm doing rapping because it's just like, you know, there's a lot of things that people do. You know, you got a lot of inspirational speakers. You got a lot of poets and eloquent people. And yeah, I can talk like them too. Uh, I've done that for a while, but I don't think we need preachers and eloquent speakers right now. Like things that are going on right now are raw. And sometimes you need somebody to go like, bro, look, it it, it is happening to you. Sometimes we just need somebody to say, Hey man, that thing that you experienced, it definitely happened to you, man. Sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes we just need a hug. Like, man, like sometimes we just, we just need something that's simple. And it's not necessarily that it has to be complicated and complex and somebody's got to, you know, uh, phrase words. And there's a time for eloquent speech. You know, there's a time for for powerful, stirring words. There is a time for that. But there's a time for realness. And right now, I really think we need some realness. So that's my thing. Taking my authentic situations and experiences, paying it forward to y'all. So that's pretty much what pay it forward is going to be pretty much from this point forward is whatever my authentic experience is, if it's been a positive experience, if it's been a sour experience, whatever experiences that I've had or that I think is like really potent to talk about, I'm just going to talk about them and then pay it forward and be like, hey, if you've experienced this, if nothing else, you're not alone. <laughs> if you've experienced this, you're probably you're definitely not alone. And if you have experienced this, this is one of the things I learned that helped me 
um, grow and decide that I wanted to get out of it or that not even that I got out of it, but maybe this is what I am experiencing while I'm going through it. There might be something I talk about that I'm like, Hey, I'm still going through this right now. So I'm just telling you where I'm at right now. And then you'll be able to go later on and be like, yeah, you know, a month or two from now, I'll be like, yeah, I've actually gotten through that. And now I can kind of tell you like, this is what I use. So paying it forward, um, I think really doesn't cost the person that's paying it forward nearly as much as it blesses the people behind them. Because the goal is, is that when you pay something forward into somebody's life, like they'll never be able to pay you back. They might never be able to pay you back. And that's good. That's good. It's not that they have a debt over you or you have a debt over them. It's that you can inspire that person to do for somebody else that won't be able to pay them back. And then that person will do for somebody else. That's how we move forward in life and generosity and ministry and everything that we're trying to do is we pay it forward. And I, and I just, after I got that experience and that revelation, I was like, bro, I really got to do pay it forward. Like I really want to do this now. And even in getting on this, I was like, man, you know, I don't know how it's going to come out and this and that. Well, I really like doing this. So this is just, you know, my experience and everything like that. And we're just going to see where we go from there. Um, we'll see what, what, what really we talk about, but I can say that I've had some, um, really raw experiences and I guess maybe I'll start with my testimony because, and I get really weird about using churchy words and stuff like that, like testimony, favor, God, and stuff like that. Because that kind of still triggers me a little bit too. Um, because, you know, when you're dealing with, when, you, when we're dealing with each other and we're dealing with people, a lot of times you have people that have not ever addressed some generational things that's happened. And I am 29, well, about to be 30 this year. Um, and I'm looking at this like, holy crap, like, I'm waking up to a lot of this stuff like, hey, a lot of this stuff is internal. And sometimes I feel like, you know, sometimes like the people around you, you know, thank God for my mom. My mom really cares about this stuff. But like sometimes it'd be people around me and it seemed like, bro, you don't want to you you don't even you know that this isn't even if it's like, no, I'm chilling. And in church, you have a lot of that because um, at least I experienced a lot of that um, because you, you got people that use the veneer of believing God and believing Jesus and all that stuff to disguise the deep pain that they're having. And they still just bring that pain upon themselves and other people, but they just disguise it. And I mean, I was no, really no different. So I, I get really weird about using church words because I'm like, I, I don't want to, as you say, turn people off because Sometimes all it takes is a praise God and people to be like, I'm out. I don't even want to hear it because what if somebody has been through myriads of abuse? They've been through a myriad amount of abuses. They've been through decades of, 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 of sexual abuse or emotional abuse by somebody that was in church and praise God sound like a whole curse to them. And then, you know, somebody comes in talking about, well, praise beyond the Jesus and I'm out. And they might really be able to help that person. But they'll be like, I'm out. Like, I don't even want to hear that. But it's a personal thing for me. I really don't care much for using church words because church words kind of gets into like church lingo and that kind of stuff don't make you no better or worse than anybody else. My dad used to say that all the time. He was like, man, look, I don't care if this month, uh, uh, you know, uh, a pastor, I don't care if he a president, I don't care if he anything. That's a human being. He eats, he talks, he takes a sh just like you do, you know, you know, he takes a crap just like you do. You feel me? Like he don't care. 
You know, he's just a person at the end of the day. It don't matter how great he is. He still got to do things just like everybody else does. So he was like, don't ever be ashamed to walk with your, put your head down in front of anybody. Cause that MF is just like anybody else. And I respected him for saying that because he always was like, man, you should never just look at somebody like they're the greatest or lowest person in the world. Every human being is a human being. So I don't really like using church terms because I think they get away from the humanity that we are. And I think the more we get away from the humanity that we are, the more the lines get blurred between who God is and who we are. So uh, testimony is kind of one of those trigger words and Uh, but I feel like it's kind of the best way to describe my experience. So I I guess I'll just go with that. Um, Just so y'all will have a better overview of like, all right, well, these are Brandon's experiences and this is more or less like why I believe, you know, what, what I believe and, you know, beliefs evolve and they transform over time. And I believe that I will always be because I've had personal experiences, man. But I would say this, if you ever had a crisis of faith and you've ever lost, it's better that you lose your faith and one day get it back than to feel like you've had your faith the entire time. Like it's better to have a real experience in your life because you never know what that experience will be used for. So, you know, wherever it is. And so I'll say this, um, every experience that I talk about when I say God said, or this, this, and that it's from my own experience. It's from what I've dealt with. It's from what I lived. You feel me? Like it's from what I experienced and I saw and things like that. And so, um, we, it gives me this opportunity to say, looking over my life, all these things happen and it doesn't take away from, or it, but it might enhance the experience of somebody else. Cause they might be like, Oh bro, I went through, you know, something similar to that too. Or I experienced something like that too. So I don't, I didn't, I didn't come from a church background or nothing like that. You know, I didn't come from a, you know, a house full of pastors or people that just believed in Jesus and went to church all the time. I was actually really quite turned off by that. Um, my dad, uh, was a stone cold atheist. I mean, like he hated the idea of any type of God, Jesus, anything like that. And my mom was always kind of like, you know, spiritual, you know, kind of like God, the universe, you know, um, uh, meditation, all that type of stuff. And, um, so I, I grew up in like a really mixed bag of like energy, spirituality, but like hating God and just be like, Hey bro, just figure it out yourself type thing. Also, my dad was very verbally abusive, like all the time. He wasn't physically abusive. He was not, he was never that, but he was very verbally abusive and very emotionally abusive and very much a violator of boundaries. So, I didn't really feel like I had very much reason to believe in God over all this time because here this man is saying God don't exist. And then he's also being physically abusive. And the guy that I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be helping me out of this is just chilling. Like he minding his own business. Like, oh, did something happen? I ain't see nothing. That's wild. Oh, bro, that happened to you? Whoo, man, if only I'd have been there, man, I probably would stop that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So you're just not going to stop this man from being crazy. So you're not going to stop this man from cussing me out like every day. You're not going to stop this man from, from constantly yelling and screaming at me. You're not going to do that, but I'm supposed to give my life to you. Yeah, whatever. I'll see you on the muffin block. You know what? I'll see you somewhere else. All right. So, you know, by 14, 15, 16, I had a giant chip on my shoulder when it came to like anything involving God or Jesus or anything like that. I was like, look, I'm just going to try to focus on being a decent human being and do the best that I can because 
um, I keep seeing all these people talking about, oh, I know God, I know Jesus, I, oh, I'm blessed. And I look at these people and their lives be ragged. You feel me? Like they be, you know, going to the same place, doing the same stuff. You know, they don't be happy. They don't be healthy. You know, they're not winning at all. Or they're not, not, nothing good is really happening for them, but they just constantly at people's throats talking about how great they are and how blessed they are and how great God is. And God ain't doing nothing. I'm like, ew, I don't want nothing to do with whatever God it is you got. I don't want nothing to do with him. That ain't wild. That ain't wild. And bro, I don't want nothing to do with him. So, um, I guess you could say maybe around 11 or 12. I, I just jumped from 16 to 12, but, but there's some night for God. Like around 11 or 12, I, I felt like I'd had my first experience with God kind of speaking to me. And in my experience was kind of like, I'm talking something in my head. And then I hear a distinct voice back in my head that is not like any of the other voices that were already in my head. And I'm just like, uh, what are you doing here? It's like you come into your house and you see all the people and stuff that you used to seeing, but then you see somebody else and I'm just like, yo, who invited you here? And they're just like, yeah, I've always been here. And I'm like, I, I didn't really invite you here. And you get the sense that it's probably not a good idea to kick this person out. Like that person has been keeping everything else kind of cool, but you still didn't invite them there. So you just like, well, I mean, I'm going to let you stay because like I really don't have a choice in the matter and it probably wouldn't be a good idea to kick you out. But I really don't want you to be here. And I'm going to kind of remind you a lot that I really don't want you to be here. But I guess that's kind of like what my relationship with God was like. You know, people, there's been people in the church that's like, man, you know, God spoke to me. And I'm just like, just now? I'm like, God was always speaking to me. So, like, 11, that was, like, my first real experience with, like, God speaking to me. There was some stuff that happened with uh, we had moved to a different house. And I just heard this voice tell me, like, tell your mom to look into this house. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So nothing happened. But we ended up going by again. And he And the voice said again tell your mom, you know, about looking at this house. I was like, no, I'm like, I'm not getting involved with this. And then the voice, we did it one more time. And the voice was like, if you don't tell your mom to do this, you're going to miss out on some really good things. And I was just like, all right, I'll tell her. And so I told her, and then that ended up being the house we lived in. And it's been a great blessing. It's been a house we lived in for, oh man, it's been over 13 years we've lived here. And it was, it was everything we could have possibly asked for in a house and better. And, um, uh, my mom, you know, was going to look into it, but when I finally told her like, yeah, that gave her the push to really actually do it. And I used to just really, really, really be upset because I would always feel responsible for other people. And, you know, then I got this voice in my head telling me to do stuff for other people. And I'm just like, all right, so what about me though? And it just felt like I was just kind of just doing stuff and just allowing things to happen in any way. So this, you know, it's kind of like this voice keep telling me and talking, you know, talking back to me and all this stuff like that. And I'm just like, all right, I see that you're not clearly like a psychopathic voice telling me to like die and throw myself over a bridge. So I think maybe you might be all right, but, uh, I don't really think I want to with you because I got enough stuff that's going on. You know, I've been living in my mind. I've been disassociated for so long. I really don't want to talk to you. And you know, later on, people would talk about, you know, when God is trying to get your attention, you know, he'll start, you know, talking to you and, you know, things like that. And I was just like, oh, that's great. And I was just like, so you want my attention? Oh, you want my attention? You want me to care about you? I see. And I'm like, then why don't you stop my MFing dad from, from constantly emotionally beating up on me? I don't see no changes. His man just keep doing whatever he's doing. 
all right, I'm supposed to just be cool with that. I can remember at 16, I was like really, really, really upset at God and everything like that. But I'm still going to high school. You know, I'm still surviving and doing things and everything's cool and all that. Then I have a friend and he, you know, I'm, I'm going to a kind of a hood high school. So, you know, we all kind of running in a clique and everything like that. And, you know, I'm hanging out with them because hanging out with them is keeping me safe from the hood and gangbangers that I was already dealing with. So, you know, it's cool and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden one day he's come back and he's basically kind of like, I've had an experience, man. I got saved, man. Jesus is Lord. And I just love Jesus. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. And then the first thing he does is he turns his sights on me because he know I'm an atheist. And he's just like, dude, you got to come to church. And I'm like, no. And he's like, dude, you got to come to church, man. I'm telling you, this church is different, man. They're different from other people, man. I promise you, man. I've never been to a church like this. And I said, dude, that's you. I don't want to be involved in that right now. Now, he doesn't know the, type, the the magnitude of verbal abuse that's going on in my house. And oftentimes people are not thinking about that. Like they don't, they're not really thinking about that stuff, nor do they really care. And he's just, and I realized over time, I'm like, he just didn't know. And so I said, okay, you know, dude, I, I really am not comfortable with that. And then he's not realizing just what kind of problems he's going to put in my life if I go to church, because my dad had this belief that basically I belong to him, like, you know, you, you should be doing it. I've got a plan for you. I believe these are the things you should be doing. If you go anywhere off of that plan, I'm going to flip out. So I'm like, yeah, I don't, you don't know what it is you're asking me to do by involving myself and committing to a guy that I don't know and dang sure don't trust. And, but he, he's constantly, man, dude, man, gotta come to church. Gotta come to church. Gotta come to church. Gotta come to church. And after a while, I said, you know what, man, Um, I guess since, you know, you're always talking about it, you say it's a really good place and everything like that. Okay, man, yeah, I'll I'll come to church one day. And so I come to church and, you know, we're young teenagers, so I can kind of understand why he did this, but it was really not appropriate. Um, You know, he got up and was constantly telling everybody about how he'd been praying for me and praying for me and praying for me. And because he prayed for me, I finally showed up to church and then he points to me in the audience and everyone's looking at me. And I'm just like, I am not ever doing this again. That was the most uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm not ever doing this again. Now, anyways, time passes. And you know, this friend of mine, we still friends, we still hanging out all the time and everything like that. You know, he's still, you know, praising God and all this stuff like that. And praying and praying and praying and just thank just thanking God for all this stuff. But his life ain't really getting no better. I mean, you know, he's having some rough experiences, you know, he's moving from place to place to place. He's not living in his own place no more. You know, he's not don't really have no money. And every time we hang out, I'm the one taking care of him. And I'm just like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'm the one that's making sure that you even get any food sometimes when we hang out, like, and you're talking about God is good that I'm supposed to be interested in serving a God that can't even take care of you to give you some food, bro. I think I'm straight. Like you don't have nothing to offer me. Like I'm good. And so anyways, you know, I'm minding my own business and we get to 17, you know, promise coming around. That was a big deal, man. I feel so sorry for these two, these kids in 2020, man. Y'all need to just, just on a side note, whatever it is, whomever it is, man, pay it for a radio asking y'all, man, can y'all please get these kids a prom? Like whenever COVID ends, like give them a prom and give them a grad night. Cause man, prom and grad night. And that's just a personal thing for me. Cause prom and grad night was some of the greatest nights of my life, man. <laughs> and I just couldn't imagine them kids just being robbed of prom because of something. And then people just be like, Oh, well, good job. You know, hope you be all right out there. Like 
man, I, it, that's just a personal thing. But anyways, prom's coming up. All the seniors are excited about prom. You know, I've got money, so I'm not really tripping about it. Um, I've already got a date, so I'm not tripping about it. But my friend, you know, is he, he's a charismatic guy. He's a cool guy, but he doesn't have a date. And I'm just like, oh, well. And, and over time, he's talking about how good God is and everything like that. And how have you just pray God will do this? And I said, okay. And so he's constantly asking me questions about God and I'm constantly just like re- 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 like refuting them because I'm just like, okay, you know, if God is this, then this and that. And he doesn't really have no answers to it. And I'm just like, I see. So anyways, time comes and he says, man, what I heard about this from my church, he said, if you really want God to show himself to you and you know that, you know, you know where you are, ask him to do something for you that he, you know that there's no other way that anyone can do that but God. I said, all right, okay. So I had my personal time. Um, now granted, this voice has always been talking to me. I've got an idea that it could be God, but I'm just like, I don't really know, but this voice is constantly talking to me. And I'm just like, yeah, I really, I I really don't want to hear anything from you. But since I'm so terribly lonely, I guess I'll listen to you. That's how you know that you're really lonely. You listening to voices in your head and the one voice that's comforting, like, whoo, I was feeling terribly lonely. So I'm like, I guess I'll listen to you. So anyways, I go like, all right, God, you supposed to be God saying that you God in my head and all this stuff like that. All right, then you say you got right. And he, you know, he's gone in, in, and I said, all right, you say you got, and you're going to bless me with something. Else. I said, man, you know what? I don't even want you to bless me. I don't even want you to do not a dang thing for me. I want you to hook up his situation without me having to do nothing. I want you to fix his prom situation. Cause I know he ain't got no money. I know ain't no way he's going to get any of this stuff done without an uh, intervention from Jesus himself. Ain't none of this stuff going to get done. And I remember God is, as I said, the voice in my head was like, that's all. And I said, yeah, that's it. I said, I'm not going to ask you for nothing else. I'm not going to ask you to move the world. I ain't going to ask you to even stop the craziness you're going to do with my dad. Cause I highly doubt you finna do that. But let's just start with something that ain't got nothing to do with that. You bless his situation. Fix his situation. I said, because if you don't and this time passes, I said, I'll turn. I'm turning away. I said, I will literally walk away. I said, that's not That was no if. Like, see, I wasn't the type to bluff. I wasn't the type to come to the, the table with a bluff. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not really bluffing you right now. Like, if you do this, I will literally never speak to you again. Like, whether that's sending me to hell or not, I won't. I won't say not a word to you. And he said, okay. He said, he said, it'll be done. And I said, all right, cool. Cause this is what he said. Apparently in the Bible, that's what it said. Okay. This is what these people are saying that you said. All right. I'm gonna hold you to what you said. Do, do it then. And he said, okay. So then time passes. Don't nothing happen. Time passes. Don't nothing happen. Time passes. Don't nothing happen. It's like he almost gets a date, but then at the very last minute, it must've been like a week before prom, his date cancels on him. I was like, wow, that sucks. And I'm feeling bad for him, but I'm still kind of waiting. Like, okay, God, you said you were going to do something. I want to see something like really miraculous happen. So, okay. Gets down to like five days, four days. I'm still watching. I'm like, well, I got my date, so I'm chilling. Three days come down to like the last two days, I think. And then in like 48 hours, a whole bunch of like miraculous stuff happens in his life. He connects with this person that he's been working with for a while she is, she's like, oh, you, you, she was like, you don't have none of this stuff. And he's like, nah. And she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to pay for all of it. She's like, I'm just going to pay for all of it. I'm going to take you there myself in my nice, you know, Mercedes. 
and uh my niece who was a very pretty young woman she was like my niece she was like y'all ain't just going y'all you should y'all just go together and it was like he ended up with a date um a suit like his grad stuff paid for it must have had to been like eight hundred dollars worth of stuff back in high school like all of it she just and this person he he was just friends with this person and she just happened to have the money to do and she was just like here bam 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 it happened within like 24 hours i said all right I was genuinely impressed. That man probably had a better prom than I did. And I, I paid for mine and had everything and everything went all right for me. But he probably had a better experience than I did. I was genuinely impressed. I said, all right, God. I said, you said you was going to do it and you did it. I said, because I know there wasn't no way that he could have had that unless it wasn't from you. I was genuinely impressed. I said, all right. If because I was really thinking in my heart, I said, if God would really do something like that for Iron and he doesn't have nothing, which Iron was my friend's name, I said, if God would do something like that for him and he didn't have nothing, he would definitely do something like that for me. And I would definitely be interested in serving in God that would be willing to do something like that for me. And that just showed me that he cared. And I said, you care enough about me to bless my friend just to do that I said, oh, okay, I'm interested now. So I think maybe a week or two later, I finally came to church and I was just like, well, apparently I heard if you say this prayer and you believe it, you know, it's your first step to not going to hell. And I really don't want to go there. I, I, wherever hell is, I don't want to be there. So I finally said the sinner's prayer. And I guess you could say I gave my life to God that day and things sort of got a little bit better. Um, you know, I'd gotten a Bible and stuff like that. Also, there was this Christian girl I was trying to holler at and I heard that she only dated Christian dudes. So I was just like, well, now I'm Christian. So let's make that thing happen. Know what I'm saying? And that didn't, that didn't really pan out too much. Um, but anyways, um, we're going, I'm, I'm, I'm in church for a while and, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, sort of doing my own thing but things are a little bit changing for me i've kind of accepted that this voice now is probably god and i'm like oh okay and i'm having more and more proof that this voice in my head is probably god and i'm like i see so again it's my personal experience so you know i'm i'm like all right well you know you here and apparently you've taken a lot of interest in me so thank you for taking interest in me i still don't really like you that much but i don't hate you no more so i've kind of come to this place where i don't really like god but i don't really hate him either and then I have my experience with, um, my first, as I'd say, serious relationship. Um, I had met somebody that I was like instantly like, oh, this is really just, this girl is like really cool. Like I really like this person. And, um, I can remember God speaking to me and saying like, she likes you too. And I was just like, really? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, he was like, do you believe me? And I was like, yeah, sure. I believe you. And so, you know, I ended up, you know, reaching out to her and stuff like that and, you know, trying to flirt with her or whatever. She was not going for any of it. Like, she just kept just giving me, like, one-word answers and responses, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening here. So that led me through about six months of trying to pursue this person and in trying to pursue this person and, like, jumping through myriad a, a myriad of hoops, like, just left and right, just, like, jumping through hoops because... There were a lot of red flags in that situation, but honestly, I was like, look, dog, all I see is red. I see flag. All I see is flags because I'm wearing red glasses, dog. So we didn't really care. I was, she just looked like everything I was looking for at that time. And neither of us were super suited for each other, but it was another thing that God made happen. I mean, we thought that, I thought that I would never end up 
dating somebody like her. I felt like she was out of my league and all these different things like that. But it really did happen. Like God really made those things happen. And, and, and I remember actually asking her along, like, like when we were actually dating, I said, how long did you actually like me? She said, I liked you from the minute I met you. I was like, Whoa, God really wasn't lying about that. Cause he had said like, she really liked me. I was like, Whoa, I did not expect that to happen. And so anyways, things were good for a while until, um, some more, some more things happened. Um, what I've learned is that both of us, what well, I mean, I can definitely speak for myself. There was a lot of generational trauma there. And unfortunately you cannot disguise that in a relationship. So a bunch of stuff came out, you know, um, she had her own trauma. I had my own trauma and it just started rubbing against each other. You know, and we both like super self-sabotage that relationship. You know, um, I started getting pressure from the church that was just like, yeah, you shouldn't be dating her. We don't, we don't think you should be dating her. And that's how, you know, people are getting really invasive is they're just like, yeah, we don't think you should be dating her. And I'm like, bro, that's not really your choice to make. And they're just like, yeah, well, we don't like that. So you're welcome. And I'm like, that is, that is really, that's really uncomfortable. But anyways, um, it got really, it got really intense and, then I find myself pretty much like guys telling me like, yeah, she's like pretty much y'all are going to like, like she's going to leave you like you're, you're, it's pretty much like guaranteed to happen. And like, literally like no matter what I did, that's pretty much what happened. Like, like she ended up basically leaving. Well, it wasn't technically that because she, we had already broken up because again, I had self-sabotaged my part and I broke up with her. Just didn't really have any reason to do it. It was just like, man, I just feel like I shouldn't, I should break up with you, but I was still like, I'm still want to date you, but I'm just saying I broke up with you. I did a lot of stuff. So I, I can claim my part in that, but she was like, finally just like, yeah, I'm, I'm fed up with this. And I, and so she basically like her and my best friend at the time were basically dating behind my back. And then she basically like told me like the day after my birthday was like, yeah, I just wanted to tell you like, basically this was what happened and yeah and I was just like wow I and so that was like my first experience with heartbreak and so um I was crying like every day I was crying like every day and I just figured like oh okay you know this is just a test you know after over time you know God will just fix everything because I know it was crazy and that none of that happened and so now I find myself really 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 feeling like robbed and upset by God like 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 this wasn't even somebody that I felt like I wanted to pursue like, and you just like, you just like completely robbed me of this stuff. And so, you know, I'm like, I don't feel like anybody loves me. And then God's like, I love you. And I was like, F you. Like, I really was like really angry at him. Like, and so, um, you know, over time I tried to be the good Christian and pray and do all these things and pray for my friends, pray for my, pray for my ex and all this stuff like that. And, um, I can remember over time, like not a whole lot changed. My best friend and her ended up breaking up, but she never even really reached out to me like that. She just was like, I'll just see you when I see you. And so she just went on doing whatever she was doing. And, um, with him and he eventually, we ended up becoming friends again for a while, but he just kind of, she just kind of just went her own way. And I was just like, you know, any minute now, you know, she'll any minute now any minute now, any minute now, quite a few minutes passed. And it's like any minute now, like I'll wake up every day and be like, today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day. And none of those days were the day. 
I can remember praying and, you know, trying to pray and everything like that. And I just finally flipped out. Like it must've been like seven or eight months after it happened. I just flipped the out. I was just like, you know what? You are just completely full of ish. Like I cussed Jesus out. I cussed his friends out. I cussed the disciples out. I cussed everything I could think of that involved Jesus. And this was kind of a really linchpin moment for me. Cause like, I finally was just like, I'm going to really let you have it. Like, I'm tired of doing this little tiptoe dance around you because you God and you can send me to hell. I said, F it then send me to hell. You a motherfucker. Like I just was on. I was like, I yelled and screamed because nobody was in the house. I like went off. I said everything I could think of. And I was just like, cause I just wanted him to, pro- I just wanted him to kill me. I wanted him to prove that he was going to judge me like my dad had judged me because my dad would take, not even take the slightest, slightest disagreement with him without going off. And, and I was just like, I went off. Like, I mean, I was like deeply tapped into every bit of rage and every bit of upset and resentment that I had. I just let him have it. And like, I was like, you, you're like, and I, I I must've went off for like 20 minutes. Like I was just going off. And then like, after I finally like, you know, relaxed and everything like that. And I was like, now go ahead. I was like, go ahead and just kill me then. I said, because it ain't going to change how I feel. I said, go ahead and just do it. And Jesus spoke to me and, and that's when I kind of really accepted that Jesus was Lord. Cause he didn't yell at me. He didn't go like, you know, I'm gonna get you for this one later, you know, or anything like that. He just said to me, I'm glad we're finally being honest with each other. And I'll never forget that. I couldn't, I don't know. I don't even know if I laughed or anything like that, but I know that at that moment I gained some respect for Jesus. I don't know if I'd ever apologized for that or anything like that, but I gained some respect for him. Cause I was just like, you were real like, and, and I meant what I said. Like, it wasn't like a, I'm just saying it. Like I really meant that. Like I was genuinely wounded and hurt. And I felt like he did not care at all. Like he was just like, Oh, well that's crazy. It's a Tuesday. You know, sometimes this happens in the world. And I just be putting through people through stuff because you know, you got to grow, you know, and sometimes stuff happens, you know, shoulder shrug. You know, brush your shoulders off and just pray it up, pray it out, pray it out your way. And, you know, ever since then, you know, things did not necessarily change or whatever um, entirely. But, you know, that was like a beginning of like a, a really intense, like year long process. And I had uh, so three more years passed. I had had a, a, a friend, a brother that, you know, he had stuck with me through a lot of this stuff and. The thing was, is that as I've discovered now, we pretty much had a very codependent relationship and he was in, in my time of deep, deep need. Um, he was relying on me for things and he was like constantly like, man, you know, I need you to make me feel better. You know, I need you to feel this. I need you to feel that, you know, I need you to make sure that I eat every day. And I'm just like, bro, this is not, this is not healthy. And I realized like after the fact, like, yeah, it probably really wasn't that healthy. But God did allow it because it did grow some things in me and it did teach me about the value of, you know, serving somebody. And so I'm grateful that it happened, but five out of 10 would not recommend. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, There are ways to do it. I think that are maybe a little bit healthier than the way I did it, but it was a thing that happened. Um, But he was a very, 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 and has always been a faithful and truly um, honorable friend and brother. And, um, you know, our relationship is nothing like that anymore. We both matured and changed a lot. Our relationship is nothing like that anymore. But man, 
you know, during that time, you know, it was like two or three years and it was pretty much just me and him. And I, you know, we were praying for each other and doing all these different things and experiences and all that stuff. And, you know, we did have a lot of fun. You know, there were some things that really worked out for me during that period of time. But man, I never could let that go that like, you know, the somebody that I considered a deep friend of mine was just like, and, and the thing was, I was talking about my ex is that the thing was, I really considered her a deep friend of mine. And I felt wounded, not just so much on a relationship level, but on like a friendship level. Like, bro, I didn't even, I didn't even rate like a man, I'm sorry. Or like a man, like I, I, I didn't even rate that. Like that, that, that really had hurt. And I took that so personally. Um, and oh, I mean, it's been nine years. And after like, you know, the 10th year, I'm just now kind of getting to the point where I'm like, oh, that wasn't personal. Like she just had her own trauma and her own pain and our, you know, we resonated with each other because of our own situations. And I was like, oh, okay, well she had a crazy home situation and so did I. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Clearly it wasn't personal, but man, it took me this, it took me a long time to even get to the point of being able to acknowledge it. It's like, yo, you didn't, you were out to get me. Um, but anyways, we get to this point and, um, I get to like 25, I guess, because it was like 21 when it happened. I get to like 25 and we both meet somebody that becomes very important in our lives. I'd been craving a father figure because my dad was still alive, but he just was not really acting too much like a, 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 a father. Like he was still being very emotionally abusive, still very physically, well, not physically, very mentally abusive, all those things. And I'm just like, when is this error going to stop? Like this man just does not care. Like he's just going off. Like, you know, times I would go into my living space and he would just be there. And I'd be like, why are you here? And you'd just be like, oh, well, you know, I just felt like coming in here. You know, it ain't like it's your space anyway. Like just violating stuff. And I'd be like, why are you doing this? And I was still going, you know, I was still trying to pray. And also I felt like the, the church that I was at really didn't seem like they cared at all. Like, and I was constantly telling them like, Hey, I feel really miserable that I lost this relationship and they all knew, but they were just like, man, that's crazy. We will maybe see you later. And I was like, Oh wow, you guys don't care at all. So anyways, I found myself really just lonely. And then, you know, feeling like I just was just empty on the inside. And I really was craving a father figure. I was like, I need somebody that I can, that I can trust that I can look up to that believes God you know, that, 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 that I can follow, that I can just learn some things. And we ended up meeting this father figure and, um, man, he took me on and he took my brother on and, and he was immediately like, man, look, it doesn't matter what you've been through. I already know God has showed me what you've been through. It's all good. Like I got the answers, all the answers you're looking for. I got the answers. And then he started demonstrating that. I mean, within, you know, a little bit of time of connecting with him, you know, my brother was able to get involved in school and, um, he had, you know, shared some things with me and was like, you know, have you thought about going to school? And I was like, F that, I don't want to go do nothing involved in school. Like give me a, if you're not going to give me my ex back, give me, um, another female that can validate me and make me feel more like a human being again. Like I am hurt. And, you know, he was just like, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's not really, you know, the thing that you, you know, really is good for you right now, you know, but you should consider school. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not even doing that. But later on, I did end up considering school. And that's how I ended up at the school that I had been at for quite a while. Um, 
he imparted a lot of seeds into me. He was just like, you know, you know, you've got the potential to be a lot of great things. And he was like, you know, I'm going to guide you. And he really did. I mean, he showed me how to get my first bank account. He showed me how to dress, dress, you know, really, um, in a, in a, in a sophisticated way. Um, he showed me how to carry myself. You know, he showed me different tactics and things like that. I learned so much from him and I was super grateful. He was like, you know, the dad I never had, but like that I'd always wanted. And, you know, I never could tell my actual dad about him because my actual dad would have been like so enraged. It would have like, it was wild. So anyways, I'm like balancing all these relationships and stuff. And like for the first time I'm going to school and I'm like, okay, well I'm by myself now. And, oh yeah, there's one thing that I wanted to mention about this testimony. So the day before I went to school, I was sitting on my bed and I was like writing right in front of my bed and I was sitting there and I was looking at my stuff and I realized that I had signed up and everything had been worked out, but I didn't have nothing to bring. I had like an old Everest backpack and like an old notebook. I was like, I don't have anything to bring. Like I don't even have any, barely, you know, anything. I've got $10 for the bus or $5 for the bus and, you know, another $5 maybe to get some food, but I didn't have nothing. And I said, God, what do I bring? I'm like looking around for stuff. And I just sat there and he said, just bring yourself. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know anything about this place. I don't know nothing. He said, all I want you to do is show up. He said, every day that they ask you to show up, just show up. So that's all I'm asking you to do. He said, you show up. I promise you I will handle the rest. I said, okay. He said, just focus on showing up. And that's what I did the next day. No matter what happened, I would make sure that I showed up. And every single day, God would make sure that it worked out. Like something would happen. Like I would show up and I might get a homework assignment and I would go into the library or whatever. And then I would just suddenly have the answers to what I needed. Like I would just exactly know what to type. And I was, I went from going, getting C's and, you know, basic low grades in school to getting A's and B's. Like my first semester, I came out like, with like a 3.5 and I had never had a 3.5 before. I was like, what is going on? Like I, I, I just couldn't lose. Like I got to school and I just, all I did was win. I, like, I felt like T-Pain off the song. I'm like, all I'm doing is winning. So I'm like, gosh, really real. All of a sudden I'm getting financial aid. I've got money now. And I'm like, whoa, this is an experience. I didn't even know I could live a life like this. You know, I'm able to, I'm away from my parents for the first time. And it's not, and, and even though I'm like, I'm still living with my parents because I'm not going to like a dorm college, I'm going to a community college, but man, I'm like an hour and a half away from my parents. You know, I ain't got to deal with them no more. Like for the first time, it's like I'm breathing. And so I'm, I'm like, all right, you know what? This wasn't a bad idea to go to school. You know, I'm kind of glad that I didn't spend all my time just you know, looking for a, a significant other or whatever. But anyways, time passes and, and I'm just, I still went in at school. And then the person that I was looking up to, as I mentioned, my father figure, whatever, he started going through a lot of things. I mean, a lot of messed up things happened to him and I can't fault him for that. And, um, it just slowly, the relationship slowly started to shift to where all of a sudden, you know, he was kind of like asking us for stuff as opposed to us helping him. He was well, him helping us. He was now like, you know, you know, I just need my sons today or kind of like, you know, um, I just wanted to hear your voice. And it just started to get kind of weird. Like boundaries were starting to get crossed. And I was like, I don't, I don't really feel really comfortable with this. Um, he wasn't physically where we were. So most of our connections were through phone calls and everything like that. But 
it just got really weird. And I mean, maybe he was just really suffering and hurting and going through some stuff, but boundaries just started to get crossed, you know, whereas, you know, we trusted him implicitly and things like that. He just started just kind of leaning on us more and more and more and more and more as time just went on. And it just got really bad. You know, he started really heavily leaning on us, you know, financially. And he was sometimes bringing God in the picture and be like, you know, God, God, you know, just wants you to sow, you know, he wants you to do this and do that. And it just, it just, the boundaries just got really convoluted. So then on top of that, uh, around 2016, I think it was, we found out that miles 26 or whatever, we found out that, uh, my dad had cancer and that changed a lot of stuff, you know, yes. And he was in like stage four of prostate cancer. So it was like, Whoa. And my dad was always a really active person. So like he ended up retiring from his job. And so then now, whereas, you know, at least he wouldn't be home all the time. He was home like all the time. So I was like, Oh crap, this is not gonna, um, and then we kind of started to slowly have to shift into kind of more caretaker like roles. He was very active until the end of his life, like literally until like the end of his life, he was super active, but we had to start shifting into caretaking ish roles. And then over time, um, not only was we shifting into caretaker like roles, I found myself kind of taking care of, or feeling like I was taking care of, you know, this, this mentor and father figure that I had too, because he was going through a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, he's had a lot of, you know, changes in his life. He ended up moving drastically and, you know, just a lot of stuff was happening to him. And I I cannot fault him for that. I think he tried to do the really the best he could, but man, I mean, it was just, it got bad. You know, you, we weren't able to really rely on him to meet any of our needs anymore and then now he's relying on us to meet his need you know making sure that he's even got food to eat and stuff like that and I'm just like I am a student I'm barely able to survive this stuff and you know he's just leaning on us more and more you know he's calling and you know and I'm like one to tell him about stuff that's going on and I'm like hey pop you know this happened to me and he's just like how you think I feel and then he starts telling me about his problems and I'm like oh my god I can't trust you at all like And so it got really bad. It got really intense. Um, There were times that, you know, he asked me for money and things like that. And I was just like, I will do my best. And all this time I'm praying for him. I'm praying for, you know, I'm praying to God and all this stuff like that. And, you know, (laughs) I'm constantly like praying about everything and all this stuff like that. But I'm getting more and more and more detached from myself. I'm more and more and more dishonest. I'm more and more and more. I'm not telling the truth as much. And I'm not like really being authentic. And I start transforming into this person that I really don't think that I like. And as time continues to go on, it gets more and more and more intense. And this is right around the time that I started doing pay it forward in the first place. You know, I'm feeling like I'm following God, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really going through it because, you know, you, you know, it just, it got really bad. He was asking for more and more and larger and larger and larger amounts of money and just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, son. I just, I just need you to trust God. I just need you to trust God. And I'm just like, this is not, this is not like, it's like a dream turned into a nightmare. And I, I felt like it was like a nightmare and I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to help everybody stay afloat. And I'm just like drowning. Like, you know, everybody, you know, and it just gets, it just gets more and more intense. And, you know, I'm just like, and then it gets to a point where I'm like, God, please, please let this, please let him stop doing this. And it just seemed like, you know, God was just kind of like, well, you know, that's just where it is. 
Now, granted, there are some things I've glossed over. You know, it wasn't like every time it was just bad. There were a lot of really, really, really good moments that I had with um, my father figure and stuff like that. There were a lot of blessings that he made absolute sure that I got. Um, there were a lot of times he was really absolutely on his word and things like that. And, and I ended up like departing school with so much stuff. Like, I mean, I had the late, by the time I got to like my end of my, my, my years, I had like the latest backpacks. Like I had like all new stuff. Like I started out in school with like nothing. And I came out with like, I had like all new stuff. I had like the latest phones, you know, I had like the latest gadgets. I had like all new stuff. And I, I would, I, I was like wearing all new clothes all the time and stuff like that. But like, I just came out just winning. And I was just like, how did this even happen? So again, I got blessed during that time. It was just a very also emotionally difficult time for me. So just to bring some balance into it. But anyways, we get to this point and it just really gets heavy and it gets to the point of like, you know, my dad is, um, you know, basically we're just certain that he's about to die. And even though his cognizant, his mind is still here, his body is like skin and bones. And I'm just like, oh my God, my dad is really going to die. Like, and it's starting to hit me. Like there's going to be a reality that I live in that my dad is not going to be in. I've never known any days without my dad. So I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm terrified. And then again, you know, my mentor's really going through some stuff. I mean, he ends up in, he, he, he ends up wrongfully, wrongfully imprisoned for a minute. And we're just like, what, what is going on? And so it just gets crazy. And, you know, he's asking us for help here. I'm like, what is going on, bro? Like, and then we like, you know, we finally get some situations. He gets all that stuff sorted out and set up and it's like, all right, cool. He's good now. So I'm like in a complete codependent mode. I'm like, I need you to be okay so I can even think about being okay. I need you to be good, sir, please. Sir, please. And he, you know, he's like, you know, I'm thinking it's getting about the time that, you know, you move out your parents' house and come out here with me. And I'm like, God, no, I'm not going out there. You got to be out your mind. Like, I'm not going out there. And that was a major, like, um, I, I'm, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to do that for you. Like, that's not how this is going to work. And I don't know what had happened, but it was just like, we were on two different worlds. I was like, that's not okay. My dad is literally probably going to die within the next month or two, which I was correct because it was like two months after that he died. I was like, my dad's going to die within like two months. And you think that I'm just going to leave? I was like, you got to be out your mind. I'm not doing that. And it got really bad because he kept just, you know, it was kind of like, you know, you got to trust God. You got to step out there. God's trying your obedience right now. And I'm like, no, this is not right. And I'm feeling so alone because I can't tell my mom that this is going on. I feel like I can't definitely can't tell my dad this is going on. You know, I can't, I'm like, I feel like I can't tell nobody. And the person that I'm needing the most help from is the person that's asking me to do all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't, what is going on here? So anyways, I'm trying my best to just try to handle all this situation. I've gained a bunch. I gained a bunch of stress weight, man. I had, I had, I had like my hair was starting to thin. It just got really bad. And I'm like 28 and my hair is thinning. I'm like, yo, that's not me at all. And I'm like, God, please help me. So anyways, it finally gets to the point where, you know, my dad, you know, gets to the point where he like finally dies. And, um, I I remember just um, crying out in my, 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 my father figure, he was there for me, you know, he prayed for me and everything like that. And he just said, you know, if you need anything, you know, I'm, 
I'm here for you. But, um, and he, and he was in certain ways. He, you know, he was in certain ways, but, um, I had a real difficult time and especially in feeling authentic and connected to God. And I just found myself angry. You know, even though God had really, really, really blessed me during that time, I still found myself angry. Like, bro, I don't like, 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 how did you, how did, why are we here? Why did we end up like this? And, you know, I, I, there were a lot of, there were some things that had happened during that time. You know, I was trying to worship and praise and be honest and stuff like that and still pray and all this stuff. But man, was I pissed. And it, 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 it got to be a point where I started to have more of an authentic relationship because I realized that over time, because of all this stuff that had happened, I started locking the authentic parts of myself away. Um, it had gotten to the point that I was pretty much almost reading a script when I was talking to my father figure and mentor. I wasn't being real cause I just did not trust him and I was showing him everything he wanted to see. And he would like delight in it. He would be like so happy. He was like, man, I, you know, son, I just love you. I'm just so proud of you. Cause look, look, look at how you're handling business. And I was just like, I'm not even being real with you. I'm not even telling you anything. And he was just like, yeah, you know, it's cool. And I'm just like, what is going on here? And so I realized how much of my authentic self I'd been hiding from myself and from God. Cause I just felt like I couldn't handle it. And you know, it, it gotten to a point where God just started to strip a lot of those emotional things away. And then, um, a lot of the financial problems I dealt with just went away, you know, after a certain point, like all of a sudden it just stopped and, you know, things started to change. Things started to change for the better between my mom and I, and, um, my spiritual father, my father figure, he had told me, he said, you know, things are going to work out. And, you know, the thing was, he wasn't necessarily right, but he wasn't wrong either. Like things did really work out. Um, I was able to talk to my mom about the stuff that happened. She was very understanding and she, she was very sympathetic and empathetic. And she, you know, forgave me for the things that I had said and done towards her, the ways I'd been fake and stuff like that. And, and, um, things just really started working out for the better. And I was like, wow, things really did start working out. Um, but it caused a major distance between, my relationship with my, my father figure and myself. And I was just like, yeah, I can't really talk to you no more. Like, it's not that I don't love you. I'll still, you know, let you know everything is good, but I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't trust you at all anymore. And I really had projected that on the guy. Like, bro, I don't trust you at all. Like you said, like, this was like your man. Like this was like your person. And like, he let me down in like the highest capacity. And, um, God had led me to some resources about processing through grief. And then I realized that there were just a lot of undelivered communications that I'd had with not just my dad, but with, with, um, my, um, my, my father figure. And I realized that as I started to complete those things, that's when, you know, a lot of the rage and resentment and things that I carried, I mean, I mean there's some stuff that I'm still healing from and working through, but a lot of it just started to lift and heal. And I realized something valuable about forgiveness is that oftentimes when we don't forget, when we're not able to forgive someone, we create debts and trauma bonds with that person. And because that person, you know, might've created a trauma bond with us because that's what they know. And I started to find myself having more empathy. And I started to realize that the forgiveness was really not for him. It was for me. It was for me to be free because I was angry and it was causing for me to suffer. 
um, because I was really, really, really upset. And it wasn't that he didn't do anything to harm me. It was just that the, the, the stuff that I was feeling because I wasn't processing it, I wasn't allowing myself to feel it and get in touch with it and, 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 and process it, that it was sticking with me. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really have been on this whole authentic le- getting to learn, you know, who God is for me. And I really have only just started talking about my, uh, kind of faith and learning my authentic self, but a lot of people, but I've had a lot of help in, you know, working through some grief recovery and some things like that and some self healing and stuff that I've been really doing some work on that was just on the personal side of it. I'm like, wow, you know, I really needed this. Um, and then I look back on a lot of the stuff that happened and I say, well, you know what? Each one of these experiences, like, it looks like the way that God had it, it looks like all this stuff was like perfectly orchestrated. And I was just like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, my relationship with my father figure is, you know, getting better and stuff like that, you know? Um, but it, it, it was just, it, I just saw so much that was like really messed up about what had happened and it just got perverted. It wasn't perverted in a sexual way, but it just got perverted. And yeah, so these were the type of experiences that I experienced that ultimately are yielding me growing a closeness to God and realizing that God really loves me for the person that he created me to be. And he's not expecting me to put on some air or something like that or be something I'm not like he's like I don't necessarily want you to do that but I'm serious about you and I having an honest relationship and I'm serious enough about it to allow you to be chastised in certain situations because there is places where in the Bible it says that God will correct those he loves and he chastises those he loves he's like I I, I need you to be the person that you are and I really need you to believe that so that was kind of like what I experienced and um yeah so that was pretty much uh, my testimony up to this point. Um, maybe in the next episode, I'll pro- talk about a lot of the um, benefits and things that I've gained from that experience. And so just to tell you, like, if it's been you, like, you're not alone. Like, you might be like, man, bro, I, there's nobody that really understands. And truthfully, nobody ever will entirely understand what you've been through because it's you. What I've been through is me and nobody will ever, may not ever truly understand what I've been through. But that's okay my experiences are worth something. And that's what I didn't feel during that time. I was like, is anything I'm doing worth anything? Like, am I worth anything at all? So man, if you felt like you've had to people please in your life, I'm gonna tell you, you probably have, you probably had to do it for safety reasons. You know, whatever those things you did, what you had to do to survive. Um, even as I had a, my therapist told me, he said, there's a lot more to life than just surviving. So I'm in a place now where I'm learning how to live because I really didn't, I didn't do much of but survive. So I just wanted to, um, that is my general overview of my testimony, man. And I'm just paying it forward to everybody. So yeah, I really hope you enjoyed that. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. Um, I'll let, I, I don't really know entirely where I'm going with that, but I've got a lot of good stories. So just to let y'all know that this is the beginning of something very very honest, raw, authentic, real, and good. So I just want to let y'all know, man, I love y'all. And I'll even pray for anybody that's on the line right now. Um, I may not do this every podcast, but I'll pray for everybody that's on the line. God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that whomever it is, regardless of their faith, religion, anything that they are, 
Lord, that you're drawing them to their most authentic self and you're allowing them to see that they are loved for who they are and not who not. And, and they don't have to be something that they think that they're not. God, you draw people onto you. So you know every person for who they are. And so if somebody is alone, Lord, I thank you that you've comforted them. And I thank you that you are teaching them how to be the most authentic versions of themselves in Jesus name. Amen. All right, I love y'all. I want to holler at y'all and let y'all know this one too. You got the juice. You got the magic. Just like I always say before, you got the juice, you got the magic, and you got the mojo. So the spirit of the show ain't changed. The angle has changed a little bit, but the spirit of the show ain't changed. It's still pay it forward. You're still rocking with me. I just want to let you know that you, most importantly, are enough. I holler at y'all. Peace.